0: Hey, can you beatbox?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Want me to beatbox for you? Go on then. Right,
0: Go here, we'll, we'll do a beatbox off. Go for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just look like a like a, a hungry chipmunk going for it which <laughs> <laughs> also the name of my oh, first it. band by the way
0: <laughs> so so that was our beatbox off votes in who's the best beatboxer say that when you're drunk <laughs> All right. right, let's get into this. The final episode, everyone listening. Thank you so much for being here. Brace yourselves. This is the moment you've all been eagerly waiting for. It is the final episode of Not Another Whiskey Podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on to your whiskey classes. Let's rephrase that a little bit. So it is the grand final of 2023. A wrap-up like no other. A look back on 2023 and the inaugural... Not another whiskey podcast award ceremony for the year. Woo.
1: That is right, Mitch. Welcome to our spectacular year end episode. If you've been riding along with us throughout the year, give yourselves a pat in the back and pour yourself a colossal dram. You've earned it, especially listening to me since February. Was that? I joined Mitch.
0: February. February, mate. Honestly. February. I don't know how people have uh have, have managed to survive that. You know, I, I mean it's been, not, <laughs> <laughs> it's been whiskey.
1: It's been hard enough for me. To whiskey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, guys, it's this time of year when we're kind of knee deep, right? in in sort of holiday chaos. And I suppose everyone's thinking more about their whiskey choices than than listening to us on a podcast. So we're gonna give you guys a break over Christmas. Uh, we're not gonna come back again until middle of January. So this is our last episode for the year. So we've decided to to jazz things up with a little bit of a festive twist. Uh, picture this. Nicholas and I are actually sitting here in our Christmas jumpers or sweater, as you would call it over there, Nicholas. Uh, sipping cool. it on a little bit of eggnog that may be laced with a splash of Benariek.
1: Indeed. And a partridge in a pear tree.
0: Man, I can't believe it's Christmas already. Can you believe uh, that? It's I can't
1: believe it. Wild, right? Absolutely when did wild. that happen? Ah, uh, indeed. Well, Mitch's version of festivities, festivities, easy for me to after me. my eggnog. <laughs> 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 it does involve questionable jumpers or or sweater weather, as we like to call it here, yeah, sweater weather. Wow. Uh, but anyway, first up, a quick look back at the roller coaster of 2023 in the whiskey universe. So hold on to your drams because we've got a lineup of awards. That means oh, basically they mean deadly squat, right? So, <laughs> but if your name or brands get a mention later on, then Mitch, what will people expect? to get what gifts and goodies have we put aside
0: oh, mate listen to I mean buckle up people because you will get practically nothing well maybe a, maybe a small note from Nicholas and I um, but you know it's the, <laughs> it's the thought that counts right so uh, we I, hey who he knows next year we might change this into we might get some medals and everything that we send people next year take oh. this to the next level what do
1: you think? Uh, mate that's exactly like, guys we thought about getting your prizes and it is the thought that counts we decided not to but we did think about it so best <laughs> wishes we are Scottish. correct Best wishes, thoughts and prayers. Right, that's, that's where we're sending folk right now. So, right. Let's kick this off with my bugbear to recap in the year. We've had one hell of a year for celebrity brands, right? So not just celebrities getting involved with brands. That's one thing if somebody's in there and kind of partnering up and doing like collaborations and stuff. But when celebrities say, this is my tequila, this is my whiskey, this is my vodka, Fucking hell, who have we had with Michael Bublé, Lewis Hamilton, Rod Stewart, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Kiefer Sutherland, Bob Dylan, Rolling Stones, Wu-Tang Clan, James Cosmo, Metallica, and Nelly, just to name but a few. Uh, so Mitch knows that this is the thing that sends me off in a spiral. I'm going to keep this like Danny DeVito, short and funny. Basically, moving forward, any celebrity whiskeys coming out in the future, we're going to fucking crucify you for it. So,
0: Or if- we're not going to talk about them.
1: No, we are. We're just going to say don't go and buy them. We will talk about them. But if the whiskey's crap, once we've tasted them, if we're like, this smells like marketing, we're going to call balls and strikes all day long. If the whiskey's good, kudos to you. We'll let you know. But if it feels and and smells and looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck. If you're telling me that you really wanted to make a bourbon, but somebody came along with an Irish whiskey, so that's what you did. We're going to make sure that the world knows that you're a turd. So, on that note, Mitch, what else have we got? <laughs> I love, I love. I,
0: I purposely put that in first. Yeah. And made you read it out. You should see his red. You should see his face right now, listeners. It's like every he's gone bright red. It's hilarious. He's like, just get, dude. Have you have you taken your medication today? Like, calm that shit down.
1: And breathe. breathe. And namaste, <laughs> <day>, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean,
0: what else has been... I think the other kind of big thing that happened this year that we saw was the whole cask investment thing eventually blow up because, you know, we've been sitting, I think, as people within the whiskey industry, we've been looking at all these cowboys out there that have been doing this for a long time. And, and it seems like this year something's eventually... Being done about it with the Advertising Standards Agency stepping in and putting a ban on advertising or restrictions, I should say, on advertising with these companies, which is long overdue. Um, it's a shame the SWA haven't stepped in yet, and it doesn't look like, as we record this, they will do at any point. But hopefully, we'll be we'll, we'll stand corrected there. Um, we had the the Cask Whiskey Association come on board, which was was kind of controversial. That kicked up a a lot of uh, a lot of people not happy about that, let's say, within the scotch whiskey industry. And, and you know, we chatted to them about it. So that was that was very interesting for us. But, yeah, I think uh, it will be interesting to see how this progresses next year and where we're going to stand as we talk about this in a year's time. Indeed, indeed, Mitch. Indeed, indeed. Other news
1: of exciting things. Mitch finally bought himself a bottle of whiskey. Is that right, Mitch? <laughs> the Macallan sold for 2.2 million quid. So, one of only 12 bottles which were hand-painted by Valerio Adami, uh, who was an artist, Mitch. It wasn't Adamski, the, the musical artist that you were... That was an art. No, it wasn't the Adamski bottle. No, right. that, that sold for £2.2 instead. <laughs> but this was in 1926. It was bottled in 1986, making it a... Mitch, do your math quickly. 17-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, that's a that's a highlight into your younger days as a young man. Anyway, sixty-year-old whisky there, kicking off for two point two million, which massively outsurpassed the one point two that they thought they would get at the high end of the auction site. So again, Macallan uh, going to town and and really lifting the bar and the price tag on some of those rare bottles.
0: I mean, that is big news, right? Because that is the most expensive bottle of whiskey ever sold. So again. Yeah. where's where's this going to go to is that going to be it is that as peaked for charity bottlings do you think or do you think we're going to see something go go higher than that in the future
1: i think we'll see one of these bottles come back what it's the same bottle keeps coming back up to auction right. and driving the price up right it's not yeah, it's yeah. not like oh my god it's a whole new whiskey came out so just going over and having a look at some of the older bottles coming i think next year or within the next five years shall i say we're going to see the first hundred year old whiskey coming out Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be a Gordon and McPhail bottling. And I think it will take the, the prize for the most expensive bottle ever sold. Because I think there will be one of them.
0: I think it will be interesting to see whether the distiller is one of one. We're eventually going to see a couple of those bottles go into auction. Yeah. And then what are they going to fetch? You know, I mean, that, that could surpass that quite easily, I think. Because we're talking about one of one. Something that is yeah. not... Going to be replicated. Yeah. Speaking of one one, I mean that was big news. Um, you know, this year, very big two point two five million pounds raised for charity through those unique bottles that were being sold, which is incredible to see. So well, go- well done to all the brands, everyone that was involved in that. Jonathan Driver, uh, all the guys at Sotheby's as well. Amazing work. That's that. That was great to see. That made me very happy. Hundred percent. Also,
1: some new single malts coming out. So new 1st release single malts from Holyrood, Harris, North Point, and Ballandalloch. So, again, great to see new single malt production happening with these new distilleries that have gone from either doing blend whiskies, some of their older stock profiles, but actually being able to release some of their new single malt for the first time ever is very exciting.
0: I think, and I'm probably going to be corrected here by, by some whiskey geek, but I think this year was probably the most amount of releases from a new distillery for the first time. I I don't remember a year being like this for releases. And I think we've missed a few off there as well, mate. I think there might be a, a couple more new releases from new distillery, like first time, you know? Mm, and, and and not only that as well, we've seen you, so many new independent bottles come out. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's It's been a crazy year for new release and new whiskies. You would um,
1: no much to send them all to you. So I wouldn't know about that stuff. <laughs>
0: right, calm down, just let it lie, will you? Just it's let it my, lie.
1: After after celebrity brands, that's my second bugbear that people, for some <laughs> reason, brands decide that all oh, whiskey can be sent to space but nobody can manage to get a bottle out in New Jersey. I very good. All right,
0: calm down, calm down. <laughs> Go to Scotland and dry your eyes. Eh? Um, you know the other big thing, another distillery on Isla, Pernod Ricard announced that they were going to build another distillery on Isla, which I think would take up to thirteen now, and it. That, that's just getting crazy i mean i've noticed i don't know the last time you're you went to isla nicholas but you know the first time i went there everyone was so happy like yay very very friendly last time i was there everyone was still really happy but i could get this sort of tension like mm. sense of it's getting a bit too much now um they've seen it know, before yeah. Well, that, there, think it's just, like, is, it, is it you or is this, it, is I, it? Yeah, I thought we told them to get off the island. <laughs> but that but that's you know it's when when is it going to stop on Isla when are they you know the, the, the is it getting too touristy now on Isla is it getting overwhelmed with distilleries I I think that's maybe a conversation we need to have with some people from Isla. Yeah. On the next
1: season. It's already pinpointed me. So not just people that are going to be working in the industry, but just people that live in these islands and how it's affecting them and in the world in which they, you know, they're growing. Because there's there's other industries. Obviously, the the Scotch whiskey industry does a massive amount of work for the island of Isla, but there are other things going on there. So people just going about their everyday life are now finding themselves struggling for a parking space every now and again. Right? (laughs) It's the 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 little annoyances in life. <laughs> there's name milk at the co op.
0: No milk at the co op, <laughs> <laughs> no yeah.
1: Uh, big time. Indeed, indeed. So other news that we've covered this year, uh, Japan obviously starting to create some new guidelines around its malt whiskey production, which is good to see. Uh, obviously, we want to see that expand out to classify its world whiskies, some single grains and more, and maybe make some of those rules not just optional but mandatory. Uh, they are guidelines. They're not, they're not mandatory rules the way they have in, in, in Scotch whiskey, but it's a step in the right direction, predominantly to get rid of bad players that are mostly either mislabeling their whiskeys um, or what's really going on in Japan, to be honest with you, is a lot of sake and socho has been fortified with grain alcohol, darkened down with caramel coloring and then being sold into the Asian market as Japanese whiskey, something that had never seen an oak barrel before. So it's good to see some guidelines coming into play. Obviously, myself and the Shibui team are really part of, of of helping uh champion transparency in the japanese whiskey world and hopefully the big boys as well will start to really take a lead on not just talking about their single malt production but also you know i think championing the category of of, of blended whiskeys world whiskies, and things that they, they've really built their backs on i think that's really exciting to see as well and we have started to see a little bit of that happen so long may that continue
0: yeah, mate, right, that is good news. Um, I I think it will be interesting to see how that progresses as well, because I know, am I right in saying that not everyone's on board with this yet in Japan?
1: So the biggest players are, right? So you've got, you know, you've got us at Shibui, you've got, you know, you've got obviously Nika, you've got uh, Suntory and Yamazaki. The, the issue, Mitch, it's kind of a little bit like Cask Whiskey Association here, right? So the guidelines that are written, the head of the association is also the chairman of Suntory. So it's a bit odd, like you shouldn't, we shouldn't have that. Like fundamentally, that's, that's one of the, the issues. Secondly, it really only, it classifies malt whiskey production. It doesn't really look at all the other uh, styles of distillation and, and maturation that's going on right across all the different islands of Japan. So most people don't know that, for example, none of the grain None of the malted barley that's used in Japan comes from Japan, right? So it feels weird to say that the thing that needs to justify in order to be a Japanese whiskey, you must, must use a grain from a different continent that's malted in a different country. That seems odd to me. Um, The Japanese, they're eking their way through this a little bit. And again, it comes down to transparency. Nobody wants to have the really tough conversations and uh, you know we do our best at shibui to make sure that you just tell people how you make your whiskey and if the whiskey is good people should should still come and drink it and that's that's where that's where i think you know we're in great company the standard of japanese whiskey is exceptional long may that continue uh, and i think it's really about trying to get rid of some of these nonsense sideline players that are doing things that specifically in asia with uh, grain alcohol and you know fortification and things like that that's not not ideal
0: so anyway, moving back to the shores of Scotland, cool thing that happened this year was that the oldest whiskey in the world was found in Blair Castle. Uh, this is, so this is, I love this story. So basically a cellar door, it was, it was a hidden cellar door that they found. And a guy called Bertie Thruton, who was a resident trustee at Blair Castle, found a number of old bottles um, in this cellar door. Uh, Around 40 bottles of whiskey were discovered basically on the back shelf. They were believed to have been distilled in 1833 and bottled in 1841. Wow! So they reckon that a a very young Queen Victoria, who was staying in Blair Castle at the time, would have been drinking this whiskey, which I thought was a really cool story.
1: Yeah, that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So speaking about old, old whiskeys and the companies that fundamentally have the oldest stocks, of Scotch whisky, arguably. Gordon and McPhail announced this year that they're going to stop doing indie bottlings and focus on the single malt distilleries of Cairn and, and Ben Benromach. Ben-Romach as we often hear out here in the <laughs> States, Mitch, Mitch grimaced the same way that I do when, when people say uh, Ben Rohmer the wrong way, but this is this is pretty big news in the grand scale things. Obviously, they have a considerable stock profile to still, I mean, if they didn't bottle a single bottle of independent bottling, they'd still have 80 years worth of stock to to plow their way through. But this is cool. They're not going to fill any new fill, which will allow some of the smaller uh, independent bottles really to, to step up and, and start working with some of the other distilleries to help uh, fill that need and it is an important need but it also means that god and mcphail are really taking a, a strong turn to look at their own distilleries, which i think is really exciting and and shows
0: real commitment to to
1: where their business is going to look for the future
0: yeah, that was a bombshell that was a big bombshell i was uh, not shocked at that but you know it's good to see that they're going to be concentrating on what they're making um and like you say i'm, I'm sure they've got a load of stock sitting in the wings that that they'll keep using and utilizing Indeed. um The resurgence of Campbelltown, mate, that was big news this year. I mean, this has been, you know, I I think we were chatting about this on the show last year. We went down to Campbelltown and we saw all this, but we've got three new distilleries that are going to be created in Campbelltown. So we got Witchburn, Macrahanish and uh, Riata. So that's really exciting to see. And I think that's one of the things we need to do when you're over is try and get a wee trip down to Campbelltown, maybe pop over to Isla as well if you've got time. 100 percent Camberton
1: Loch, I wish you were whiskey. Camberdon Loch, oh hi. Who sings Wait. that again? Oh, why am I going black? The minute, the minute the words came out of my mouth, you're gonna to need to Google that while I'm singing it for you then. Camberton Loch, I wish you were whiskey. Camberdon Loch, oh hi. Camelden Loch, I wish you were whiskey. I would drink it dry. Well, Camelton Loch is a wonderful place, but the price of the whiskey is grim. What a sight it would be if the whiskey was free and the loch was filled up to the brim. Ho Camelden Loch, I wish you were whiskey. We got an answer, yet? <laughs> then he does second chorus. Was, right?
0: Yeah, mate. It was a. Uh, it was Andy Stewart and maybe Andy Stewart Yeah, we should keep it that way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i'd buy me a yacht with the money i've got and got a right in the bay what a sight it would be if the whiskey was free he'd be swimming all night and all day
0: something like that isn't it something like that very good though mate very good
1: i fancy no it's not that it was if i fancied a nipper going for a dip i'd be swimming all night and all day so you can't even get the words right mitch anyway moving on <laughs> moving on uh, from camberton loch to india Mitch, uh, India mm. grabbed the top spot as the top market in the world for Scotch whiskey by volume this year. So, big, big news.
0: Well, I mean, technically, it wasn't this year. It was, it was figures that were released for twenty twenty two. But mm. yeah, I mean that that's crazy because you know traditionally we've always talked about France, right?
1: Indeed, we have, and again, obviously, this is all blended. Predominantly blended Scotch whiskies and predominantly blended whiskies of brands you may not see in other parts of the world, specifically made for the Indian market and the Indian consumer. Yeah. Uh, but again, it just shows the massive uh, volume consumption that is is moving on for for France to be outseeded, um, which is you know how long? I mean, what was the title for France being the number one market? That was twenty. Know,
0: I I think I saw that. Um... Figures have been released for halfway through this year, and I think France might reclaim that title for 2023. Oh. Obviously, we're not going to see that until you know well into to the next season. But when um, we to make that announcement? Oh, yeah. that'd be good. But yeah, I mean, in it's interesting with India. That, we have so, an in, episode in French. <laughs> an episode, all, all in French, in high school French. Yeah. We <laughs> uh, oui. bon, bonjour, Nicolas. Ça va? Le, ch-
1: le chat sous le table. <laughs>
0: le le souris sous le Bonche. Le, le piscine est dans le jardin. That was
1: just a mixture of of Latin. <laughs> no, that
0: was that was the swimming pools in the garden. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, man, um, we saw the Scotch Whiskey Association release water reduction guidelines for Scottish distillers this year, and that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, that says a lot. I think about the world we're living in right now, where in Scotland we have to reduce. Or water consumption Indeed. to make whiskey. You know, it's like it, it's absolutely insane. So, right now, to give you guys an idea, we um, it takes around about forty liters. Uh, yeah, forty liters to make a liter of whiskey. Um, the SWA want to basically half that, less than half that, um, as 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 law within Scottish distillers moving forward. So, that was that was quite a crazy thing I saw. And and you know, talking about sustainability and and what we're doing within uh, the Scotch whiskey industry a good thing moving forward
1: 100 100 lots of um renewable energy stuff the stuff that Ricard put out there to help kind of reduce uh, heat emissions and things like that as well really exciting stuff going on in the industry to make us more efficient more carbon neutral and better for our production processes for the environment some sad news obviously well there was lots of sad news but um very specifically sad news with uh, the azure with the passing of their ceo obviously in uh, 2020, ivan Menezes, um you know that was a really sad loss especially cuz he just retired and he was a young guy he was in his early 60s and um you know a really sad loss for him and his his wife and his family his kids as well so you know sorry to 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 have seen that happen that was that, that wasn't great and it's it's been a, a a rocky 6 months for the for the new ceo which she stepped into a new role since that but uh, really sad for Diagio to lose a ceo in that way
0: so that's it. I mean, basically, I think it was a really interesting year for, you know, Scottish whiskey and, and whiskey around the world. Uh, we just did that, the the whiskey talks event in Aberdeen, and we were chatting about global trends and what was going on. And it was the first time, Nicholas, that I've seen every single country within the top 10, both for value and volume, be in the green. So, you know, massive in a way, in a, a really sort of positive year. Um, for whiskey and and the way it's moving forward, we've got a load of distilleries opening up. I think moving one of my concerns, I suppose, is the way we're at right now within the world, the cost of living crisis, everything else that's going on. Hopefully, we're not going to start to see a little bit of a decline in demand for whiskies around the world and and particularly Scotch whiskey and obviously Jap- Japanese whiskey as well. What do you, what do you think? How how do you think where we're we going to sit this time next year? Look, it's always
1: swings and roundabouts. Right now we're seeing uh, people talk about it with oh, the de- depremiumization. People are moving towards more mainstream, everyday sippers and things like that. I, my, my gut feel is that for, for things like Scotch whiskey and Japanese whiskeys and that kind of, it, it, it's not, it's a, it's a luxury no matter how, you, it's an affordable luxury in certain aspects, but it's a spectrum as well, right? So for, for a lot of people, 40 or $50 is a lot of money. Uh, for 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 some people that's what they go and they spend at the liquor store once a week and they buy themselves a nice bottle of whiskey and they go and drink it. So I think f- for us what you're going to see is, you know, the younger consumer uh, maybe spending a little bit more time on non-alc and, and, and trying to be more conscious in that way. But for the for the single malt whiskey consumer, for the blended scotch whiskey consumer in major markets like the UK and the USA, I still think it's a premiumization market. I still think there's people looking for that. You know, a 35-year-old uh, consumer and up is looking for uh, accessible single malts as well as high-end luxury uh wow factor whiskies from time to time. So I think that the brands that are that are established and, and continue to put out great award-winning whiskies are always going to do well. I think it's a tough time for for innovative brands to do quirky, weird, young liquid. And we're seeing some of that struggle in for the some of these new make uh American bourbon distilleries that are kind of popping up, which has been massively expanding. The price of bourbon is is skyrocketing because of it. You know, bourbons used to mm. be 25 to 35 dollars a bottle now they are consistently 60 to 85 dollars a bottle for young relatively unheard of bourbon brands so you know that may yeah. be the market that suffers the most because it's becoming busier and busier but we shall see my, my gut feel on it is that scotch whiskey is going to continue to to grow and flourish uh, maybe in different ways i'd like to see a little bit more of a resurgence of blends if i'm being honest I'm a mad. I think that's
0: going to happen. I, I think yeah. that's happening this year. You can see a lot more blends coming on the market. And, yeah. you know, with, with the price of single malt going up and up, then I, yeah. I think that's a sort of natural progression. That was one of the things we're chatting about, you know. Yeah. Uh, in five years from now, is everyone going to be drinking cheap blends and new make spirit?
1: Well, not just cheap blends, but just other blends, like world blends, world whiskeys. Like I'd like to see like yeah. some of the, it's like there's so much innovation like that is being stymied because we're setting our ways, right? So, what what's what's the massive like it doesn't matter what you call it it matters if the whiskey's good so you know is there going to be a way for us to start seeing american whiskeys blended with some scotch whiskies, and we call it something different and we're going to see some hybrids you know like 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 we've done with a cars mitch if you can get a hybrid car why can't you get a hybrid whiskey
0: there you go there you go and on that note let's move on to <laughs> shall we move on to the awards let's shall we cue, cue the music we've we got yeah. we've got music right
1: sure <laughs> it does say that, it does say. do you not think, are, are, did you ever hear the old theme tune to uh, Grange Hill?
0: Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Oh, oh man, look at, how, We're going to have go, to change the well. theme tune now for, for next <laughs> season. You just ruined it for me.
1: There you go. <laughs> well, maybe that's something we'll look at, right? New music, new year.
0: Oh, <laughs> crazy. crazy. All right, new- let's get into these awards, mate. You want to kick us off?
1: Sure, absolutely. So, right, guys, and take this in the spirit that it's meant—a little bit of tongue and cheek. These are the dramy awards for some of the things that Mitch and I have seen throughout this year that we thought was pretty impressive. We'll start with best performance of an accessible whiskey of the year. Mitch, what was your pick for relatively accessible whiskey of the year that you thought was just wow factor?
0: Well, before we get into that, Nicholas, I think what we should do is we should read out. So we put do you this want on- me to start with the Instagram guys. Let's let's let's. I mean, you know people were kind enough to, to shout out some of their amazing
1: enough, Lonely enough, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Mitch asked the question, you guys gave his answer. So Matt J 54 said the best whiskey that he had this year was the Finn Thompson bottling of Manichmore, 13 year old Mitch. Have you tried that?
0: I haven't. No, no, we had Finn on the, uh, on the show a while back, um, but I haven't tried. I think dad's got sent all those samples. Oh,
1: shocking right, right. <laughs> Between the two of you I still get hee haw uh, Tyron Darnell said that The Calcomen uh, Sherry Cast 2023 edition uh, Scott Hamilton said The A.D. Rattray Glenburn 25 year old Ben R. Over Is that a joke? Ben R. Over uh, Glenn Fiddick 29 year old <laughs> Duncan McRae The Talisker Wilder Seas Charlotte Coyle said The Woven Handmaid Daz, our friend Daz came in with the Beaumore 1969 fifty year old. Russell. Uh, and then Terry Bryce said the Ben Romick eighteen year old.
0: What are your thoughts? Uh, uh, my thoughts are that you read Ben or Over. <laughs> ben over. <laughs> Was that you just writing that out? Yeah, it was, but it was a good
1: one.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, all great drams there. Uh Woven definitely, yeah. I had had a little bit of that homemade. That's that's really good. Ben Romack, I'm really enjoying a bit of Ben Romack this year. 15 has been my kind of go-to jam this year. I've been loving that. Um, but for me. So when I thought about this, there there was two drams right, and 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 I put one in here that's unobtainable, that's just stupid, and that was from that one of one. We did the episode with Rachel Barry, which was amazing. They sent us, well, they sent me, sorry, a little sample (laughs) of their (laughs) one of one in nineteen sixty-five, which was one of the casks that was selected for that bottling. Um, That was sublime, like just an insane dram that that you know I've I've had this year with the Glenn Glasso. but one that I think. Everyone um, can go out and buy, and it's not the cheapest. And I think I said Glen Scotia last year for my favorite dram, and it's won it again this year. Uh, Glen Scotia twenty-one year old. I had a sample of that right at the start of the year, and just absolutely stunning.
1: So good. Yeah, you, you've you've been raving about that. The silly since oh yeah, way over a year with me, and were kind enough to bring me one of the travel retail exclusive bottles of Glen Scotia out mm. with you. To me, and it was it was it was delicious. So well played. Finished it yet? Uh,
0: Nah,
1: I never really finished bottles of whiskey. I like to keep a little bit. I like to share them, to be honest with you. So sharing's Uh, caring. Yeah, sharing's caring, right? Uh, to me, the Ben Me 16 year old, I still Mm. think that's consistently one of the best single malts on the market. Bang for buck. It's available. It's accessible. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not as fancy as much with these 21 year olds and things like that. But uh, and I certainly don't get to try the (laughs) one of ones. But to me, the Benio 16-year-old was a really killer drop. The other one that I was thinking about, Glenalli 15 this year. That's mm. the one that was sitting tip of my tongue, like two really great accessible whiskies that I thought were really fun. All right. The Peated Picasso Award. This goes out to the most creative bottle design.
0: Um, yeah. What do you, yeah. What did you have here, mate? I mean, I've got – I struggled with this one because I had quite a few that I put down here. Um I really liked, and it wasn't so much that this one was a really creative, wow, bottle design, but it was just a cool idea. Uh, and we reported on this right at the start of the year, and it was the don, uh, Donning, <laughs> Stoning DIY Bottle. That's what you should call it, the Donning. Put yeah. the D in there. Uh, but the Stoning DIY Bottle, so you could actually personalize this. They gave you a little kit that you could, yeah. uh, they sold with it. I thought that was kind of cool. That was kind of funky. Uh, yeah. For something that was absolutely bonkers and crazy, Pretty much anything in the in the one but the Brora fifty year old. Do you remember you remember seeing that? Either? Absolutely Next. beautiful. Absolutely insane. Yeah. But I mean just uh, works of art. Yeah. And then one that was that was really up there was was the Isla Harris with, with with Hirak, which they kindly sent us a couple of bottles of. Um beautiful bottling with that. Sent you a couple of bottles off. You got <laughs> yours, didn't you?
1: I got a little poured down sample of me. I didn't get a bottle of that. Come on. Uh, oh, oh, shocking! But the ones that I did go out, but these are ones I went and bought myself. To be fair, one that I bought myself, one that I, one that was kindly sent to me. The Glen Glasso twelve year old is cracking. It's just a well thought through piece of packaging. It, yeah. The bottle, the cap, the cap and cork shows just has this kind of weathered, you know, seafaring look to it. You know, it's kind of almost like that washed out um, Tiffany blue wooden cap. It's really nice. And then there's just some really nice details of the kind of you know, just feels oceanic to me. It feels uh, coastal and uh, it was a really nice piece of packaging. The other one that I thought was really cracking when I got my hands on it was the Glen Turret triple wood. And for those of you that haven't seen that, it's a beautiful design. It's a really heavyweight, nice piece of pack. It just feels super premium. And and the quality of the liquid in both of those bottles speaks for itself. But from a design and packaging standpoint, those were the two that really stuck out with me. It's been really pretty. And and really worthwhile of of the PT Picasso Award,
0: so the overall winner is. I don't Glenn know, Lasso. is it Glen <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I didn't know we were doing an overall winner. Okay, well, Duncan Lasso, you get
0: you get a round of applause. Well on. All right, so um, this this award ceremony is going so well, isn't it? I know. I mean, just as well we're not doing this live and on stage or anything, mate. Can you imagine? <laughs> it's <a> fucking disaster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next award, uh, Dramtastic Ad, awarded to uh, the whiskey brand that delivered the most entertaining or captivating advertisement of the year. Now, we had a, a kind of discussion on this, and I think there's been some some really good stuff out there this year. There hasn't been anything that's wired me apart from one company, uh, and that would be Mote Hennessy Louis Vuitton with Glenmoe and Ardbeg. All the stuff they've been doing this year, I think, has been Really, really cool. You know the the vibrancy in all the Glenmorangie adverts that are coming out. um, The way it's very much all encompassing with with different styles of whiskey drinker, and then Ardbeg just with all the crazy shit that they're doing with Doctor Bill and chucking him in videos with barbecuing and blowing up the distillery and getting egg thrown uh, sorry cake thrown in his face and all that shit. Like just just really cool, quirky kind of out there um, yeah. you agree mate you, you like all that stuff
1: love it love it and I think you're right LVMH do a wonderful job every year of of the stuff you know their, their packaging is always killer it's always really well thought through the design team are really talented and their agencies that work for them are, are obviously given really great directive from the top so right across the board well done to that team you guys have a well-deserved uh trophy at the Dramtastic Adders <laughs> 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 uh Next award is the Angel Share Prize. This is personal match because this is basically just you, you and I. What we drink most at home. So the whiskey that disappeared the fastest from your personal collection. Uh, what was it this yeah. year? What 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 whiskey went? Do
0: you know? It was. I think it was the same as it was last year. Um, there was two. So again, I'm going to go back to Glen Scotia Victoriana. It's one that I can never keep on my shelf that long. Uh, one of the reasons, like going going back to your point, Nicholas, is I like to share that out as well. I love giving it to people when they come in the house. Um, another one is, uh, is Dal Yun. Uh, Dal Yun's 16, but that's relating to the house that I live in. You know, People come to my house. It used to be the old excise officers for uh, house for Dal Yun, so they get a Dal Yun. Um, but the other one, this is probably the one that goes quickest. Tam Du, eight-year-old from Mothership. So my two boys, Jason and Mike, Amazing liquid. It just, it just seems to fly off. I was chatting to Mike about this the other day and I'm like, dude, that stuff is so good. Uh, he only had 10 bottles left when I spoke to him on Saturday about it. So might be sold out by now, just saying. What about you, man? So I've got two as well, funnily enough. Uh, first of all, again, independent bottler. Shout out to Keith
1: Barrington. Uh He put together a whiskey called Easy Sipper. And if you've not seen it, it's kind of this cool psychedelic. Uh, it's actually an 11-year-old North British and it is killer. Single grain, absolute delicious sipping whiskey, really nice whiskey and um, really fun piece of packaging, relatively well, well-priced, great bang for buck. So that was, that was one from Scotland that disappeared. The other one, and this is a little self-plug mentioned that you knew this was coming, Shibuya Pure Malt 10-year-old by far has been the one whiskey that I've poured for more people this year than I can like wildly mainly because it was named the best asian whiskey in the world at iwsc and it was the only malt whiskey from japan to be in the top 100 best spirits in the world at ultimate spirits challenge but plug plug aside it's it just seems to be the go-to like people love it it's kind of you know it's a really rich robust malt whiskey it's triple cast matured in bourbon all are also sherry and japanese mizanara and it's just my it's my go to favorite right now at the moment, and the whiskies that we make. Obviously, our single grains got a lot of love and attention as well. But for me, Shibuya Pure Malt ten was was definitely the whiskey that I drank the most uh, off my plug, own personal good shit plug. Thank you, I, I do like appreciate that.
0: that. There you no, go. No, it's good juice. It, it is
1: good juice. Thank you, sir. I do appreciate that.
0: This is a tough one. Are you ready oh. for this one? Mm. We're gonna do Kinda. the guest banter award. So our favourite guest on the show, oh shit, who wrote this one? Like this is so, let's just firstly say a big, big thank you to every single guest who has come on the show uh, this year. We've loved all of you. It's amazing having you on. You guys have given the show so much depth and breadth. Without you guys, it would just be us two idiots talking bullshit. Um, So thank you all so much. And this has been like picking our favourite child, right?
1: Yeah. If, if it wasn't for the guests, I wouldn't do this much. Cause it would just be you and I, <laughs>
0: no but joking. No, I'm, like, I'm just even
1: thinking like the, this is what I tell people as well. Like think about this for a whiskey podcast, the quality of guests that we have on our show from our uh, people who work in the brands, you know, from managing directors to brand ambassadors, to master blenders, to, to people that work in the sales forces and like go out there and tell their stories every day. It really is, hands down, I think it's, you know, and I, I I listen to other whiskey podcasts, but man, we kill it. Like we get the best quality guests and it's the guests that really help, help us do what we do best, which is tell a few crappy jokes and tell stories. But I was thinking like from even friends like Ricky Crawford and Daz, you know, we had Laura Rampling on, which was really cool for us. You know, she was somebody that was with, you know, William Grantsons when when Mitch and I joined that business to start our journeys here in the USA. So that was really cool. Personally speaking, there are two that really stood out for me that I thought were really, I really loved him being on the show. Kelsey McKechnie from Balvenie I thought was phenomenal. Mm. Uh, oh, I
0: ran into Kelsey the other day.
1: Hi. We, we, did just you say did sorry? <laughs> All no, right, no, no. Okay, you, you met her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I was yeah. chatting away. So, yeah. That was nice. I, it, I thought she was fantastic. And I'm really excited to see the future of Balvenie under her stewardship and, and see what goes on there. And, and the other one that really popped out for me, I just thought was a brilliant guest and really fun, was just recently was John Laurie. Uh, mm. from Glen Turret. I thought he was brilliant and it's just a great brand, great whiskey. And he's, I might be a little bit swayed here because I did go and spend a night out with him in New York drinking a boatload of whiskey. But between him, him and Richard Urquhart, the, the banter was flying and John just brought that to the show. I just thought he was a great guest and I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed him being on
0: the show. I agree with that. That's a good show, mate. It's a good show. Yeah, I mean, for me, this was a tough one, but if, if I, for me this was, it, it, it wasn't just the guest, but it was the moment. So for me, it was the Billy Walker episode, right? And and because I actually went up to the distillery, sat with him across the table in Glen Allerky, and we just had a chat. And I thought he was so honest, open, you know, really, we got quite a lot from him. It was a very deep conversation. I actually asked him afterwards if he wanted to, to edit any of that? And he was like, no, not at all. Just have yeah, at yeah. it, go yeah. go for it, put it out there, you know? So I thought that was a, uh, it was a really interesting guest for us to have, but yeah, I mean, so many, uh, you know, thanks to Brendan McCarron as well for coming on the show 20 times this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, all right. I, I,
1: and he counts as six guests because he comes on with impressions. So just for those <laughs> other people out there, you got to lift your game, man, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> good point. Good point. All right. So the next award, uh, we're going to do the, dramatic episode of the year so this is our favorite episode now before we get into this we put this one on instagram as well we had a load of uh answers back so steph peck wrote and said the rachel barry episode definitely agree with you on that that was yeah. up there for me ian bruce uh to your point nicholas said john laurie or becky paskin uh, mm-hmm. with the inclusivity episode yeah. Barry Reid Stories and Myths, mate. Remember that episode? That was a good episode. I enjoyed that. was a good that. episode, yeah. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, we also um Cal Whiskey said John Laurie as well. Chris Greaves, I liked his answer. He said Billy Walker, the AI episode, Rassi episode, along with the episode where Mitch slags off Nicholas and Nicholas slag slags off Mitch. So every episode. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for that, Chris. Thanks for <laughs> <that>. <laughs> uh peter stevenson billy walker episode and brendan's second episode ryan sutherland just said the grilling what could that be referring to I don't, what do you think i don't, I don't understand. based
1: on the sear marks over your back mate i'm guessing it's me torching you every time you get on the show <laughs> i reckon that might be a
0: maybe the cwa episode maybe I don't know. um and then finally we had baz coming in and saying uh the one with me on obviously
1: <laughs> is that is that before I became the co-host? Is that just as him coming on as a guest? <laughs> I'm assuming he's
0: talking about the one where he was a guest. That was that was the worst episode of the year. I thought I'm it was the least. That was, it was the that was least
1: good. listened to episode. That we've five listeners. <laughs> five <laughs> listeners.
0: That's all we had for that episode.
1: <laughs> no, and actually we have to say guys, thanks very much for for listening in on that. note we have expanded drastically since daz left the show. So thanks for tuning in more and more. Thanks for hitting all those follow and subscribe buttons because we are knocking it out of the park.
0: Anyway, <laughs> right. So, I mean, that the great answers and thank you so much to everyone for for writing in on that. I I don't know, Nicholas. I've got two, I've got two that I want to mention, right? For, Go for me. It. And both of them are the ones that that I haven't been doing in this scenario. This scenario, meaning we're sitting recording over Zoom right now. Yep. Um, so the first one for me would have been when you and I actually hung out together for the first time in ages and recorded a podcast. Um, in your your whiskey library that you've got there that was uh, that was a lot of fun just cool doing it together drinking drams together a little bit hungover from the night before uh, a little bit jet lagged but apart from that it it, it, it was great it was great doing it in person with you bud Uh, that that was that was really cool i enjoyed that the second one was another in-person episode that i did and you know luckily lucky enough to get the invite from alistair day along to rassy uh, and go along, along and experience that whole distillery um, visit that he's put together there. I highly recommend anyone, if they're they're on that side of Scotland, round about the Sky area, make the effort to go to Rassi, say hello to Alistair and his team over there. Uh, just a beautiful experience of staying at the distillery, staying up with him till three o'clock in the morning, drinking whiskey and recording an episode with him. So, so that's that's my top two episodes for this
1: year. Very, very cool. Mine, honestly, w- when it comes to just real quality content, the Cask Whiskey Association uh, felt really important to me. I think we got, and, and John pointed this out, um, which made me think about it again. He pointed out when we had him on the show, which is we actually got quite a lot out of that episode that hadn't been in the public domain up until that time. And I think it gave pause for thought, one, about who the people were behind Cask Whiskey Association and how they'd gone about forming themselves. And two, the conversations that they went on to then have to engage with, with really great people in this industry and have them come on to support them. Uh, and now how that's maybe slightly started to unravel a little bit based on the the, the content of that interview. Um, and I think that for us, obviously, Mitch, we're just too... Two dickheads with microphones, right? We're not we're not investigative journalists. We don't prize ourselves, or we're not trying to do any gotcha moments for Andy. We want a guest to come on and really bring the best value that they can. But in that particular environment, you know, it, we are also custodians of, of Scotch whiskey. And we do see ourselves as custodians of, of the Scotch whiskey industry. We're both keepers of the quake. We both take that seriously. We both want to be seen as champions of our industry. And the guests that we have on all share that. That was an episode to me that we really really brought some things to light and hopefully some changes will come out of it. Uh, certainly the SWA have started to pay a lot more attention to these guys and the people that were associating themselves have also started to think uh, about what the value is that they bring versus the value of the Cass Whiskey Association without them. So I think that that's a, that to me, that was a really uh, valuable episode.
0: Yeah, it's a good show, mate. It. It's a good chat.
1: The Dramatic Distillation Distinction Award, Mitch, for Best New Distillery Release
0: oh had we not oh. been drinking before we uh started these awards man never get that one out
1: oh i know tell me about it you're the one that wrote these out man i'm like tongue twist them away through them so
0: we- well i mean i i'm gonna start off with this one i think we both agreed on on what it is here right yeah i agree um you know honorable mention perpetuity by poor leaf I thought that was really cool i love what ian starling's doing there he's taking his background of, of wine and wine knowledge and, and using that and, you know, shout out to him as well with the, that distillery because unbelievable what he's done there. Um, But for me, you know, the best new distillery released this year uh, has got to be Hirak. I mean, that the whole packaging, the story, uh, the juice is fantastic as well. Uh, so well done to the guys from, Isle of Harris Distillery, you guys knocked that out of the park there, yeah. And uh, you'll get your wee note and um, round of applause from us soon, aye, indeed, indeed. The
1: only other one which we, honorable mention
0: indeed was Michael Tor, the
1: chinkapin cask. Of course, um, oh, that was brilliant! That was abs- yeah. in fact, they sent us those four that one that little kit with the four whiskeys in the which was cracking, but the yep. chinkapin cask, well, that's both of us were like, holy hell, this is this is special, and you know, so. Those are the two ones that stand out. Harris uh, Hirach, again here here Mike, can't echo that that more, and uh, and then uh, obviously Billy Walker and, and Michael Tor um, is the juices killer. Well done, guys. Well done indeed. Then on to
0: the. Only Nick Got to Taste Award, which is the most elusive and coveted whiskey bottle release of
1: 2023. <laughs> There's only one, which was the Glenn Turret, James Terrell edition. Only 40 bottles in the world. I think it was eight casks that were used and Mitch didn't get to try it yet. I did keep some. I did say that in the show and I did keep my promise. So I have put the little sample, which is maybe the size of a mouse's thimble that's left for you. But uh, there is a dram there. Too generous of people. <laughs> hey, take what you can get, right? Uh, but yes, that was a very special dram. And yeah, that is the only the, the only whiskey that I got to taste that you didn't try this entire year. <laughs> <laughs> so a very special award indeed. Uh, the spirit of innovation. So this is applauding distilleries that dared to experiment, pushing the boundaries with unusual barrel finishes or bold cre- creations maybe in some instances, even divided opinions. So we have a few here that were really pretty interesting and pretty fun. Right.
0: Yeah. And again, we put this on social media. Um, Tyrell said the star Wars ginger beer cask, yeah, which was, I actually wrote that one down. That yep. that's just such a crazy whiskey. I mean, you knows that and you're like, there's something going on here. I can't quite get it. You read the label, you see ginger beer and you go, that's it. That's why I can't get it. Cause I didn't expect it uh, to be there. So, Um, Definitely that one. Uh, Barry Reed also, we've mentioned this already, but Perpetuity from Port of Leith, uh, which is a a great one. Uh, But for me, I'm going to put this to Ardbeg. And they've come out with some pretty crazy ones this year. Um, So you've got that bizarre BQ release that they created. And then they've they've, they've, they've just released a new one as well. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of that one at the moment but it's uh, basically toasting the barrel ends, like scarring them and toasting them yeah, yeah. to get more of a char in, involved. I think with regards to innovation, they're probably the ones that are that are pushing it the most. Yeah. Alongside that, I'd say Glenfiddich, still with their experimental series.
1: The Grand Yozakura, uh, that cast the Awamori cask finish, that was super unusual. Yeah. You don't see much of that. You see a lot of Mizunara now, but the Awamori cask from Okinawa, that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and the Orchard as well yep yeah Perfect. yeah yeah. oh yeah. yeah yeah, i forgot about that one
1: cracker yeah. actually i was just reading through there that obviously the people that read in uh from um instagram it's barry reed you know that this so this guy there's a joke about barry reed i'm sure you've heard it and if not i'm going to tell you just for fun right just for shits and giggles so we've not had a bad joke in a while so this old woman uh is, she writes into peterhead newspaper she's based up in peterhead and she's her husband passes away, and she needs to put a, an advertisement in for the obituary. So she's like, "Oh, you know, speak to the guy on the telephone." And she says, "You know, how, how much is it, son, to 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 place the obituary?" And he's like, "You know, it's five pence a word." She's like, "Well, it's quite expensive, right?" And you know, she's looking after her pennies and all the rest of it. as a little widow, so she's like, "Right, I'll keep it short and sweet." Then she says, um, eh, 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 "Barry Reed, for Peter Heed is dead." And the guy that's writing up the obituary is like, oh, sweetheart, you know, he feels terrible. He types out. he's like, you, you, you know, you know, like, I, I don't don't worry about the money. Like, that's fine. Like, we'll charge you for the words that you've written. But like, is there anything else that you'd like to say? You know, I'm happy just to write out the rest of the of, of this for you. And she goes, no problem. So she gives it a minute's thought. And then she goes, okay, I've got it, son. She goes, Barry Reed for Peter Heed is deed for the escort for sale. <laughs> So there you go, Barry Reid. Hope you're for Peter Reed. <laughs> and if you're not, that's a wee story for you.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and on that note, that takes us to the end of our awards. It sure does. And the end of this year, mate. That, that is wow. it. That is so, it. We're done, mate.
1: Yeah. So, folks, it has been one hell of a 2023 for Not Another Whiskey Podcast and the team here. We've spoken to a ton of amazing guests. Which leads us to the all-important question, which we know must be in you guys' lips, which is, guys, how are you ever going to top this? Well, rest assured, Mitch and I have the hamster wheel spinning at full throttle, and we already have an amazing 2024 calendar taking shape ahead, which is correct. We're talking Mm -hmm. huge here. It's going to be the biggest, most beautiful podcast you've ever seen. Everyone knows it. Everybody says it. People ask us all the time. and say, how come you guys don't have your own TV show yet? And let me tell you, let me tell you something. It's coming. It's coming. They know. They know. But everybody's saying it.
0: No. (laughs) I like the way you went from Donald Trump to James Brown there at one point. (laughs) Brilliant, mate. Well,
1: all joking aside, we have a lot of new things coming up, right?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, um, yeah, let's chat about what we're gonna do. So you're gonna be coming to Scotland next year, definitely this time. We're gonna be yep. doing Spaceside Whiskey Festival. We're gonna we're gonna do a uh, live podcast from the Side Whiskey Festival. We've got all that planned, we've got some great ambassadors, some great liquid um that we're gonna do. We're gonna do a couple of new segments. Uh in the the podcast for next year that that we're going to release to you guys next year, but we've been thinking about them. We've got some great guests already lined up. We've got some amazing subjects that we are going to talk about. We're going to be moving into season three, mate. I mean, the third season of Not Another Whiskey Podcast. Can you believe that?
1: No, I can't believe that we've not
0: been cancelled yet. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming. Don't worry. After that joke, it it might come.
1: The guys at Kaskoski Association probably have a hit out on me, but outside of that, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh man absolutely i mean it's going to be a ball of year so we've got some great jokes coming that's right every week mitch and i are going to try our hardest to try and make the other one piss themselves laughing Uh, so feel free to dm us if you have any amazing rib ticklers belly, belly holders or guffaw getters we need to know your funny and not so funny jokes we'll maybe crack a few of them out on the show so if you get any good bits of banter let us know we always want to give
0: them a crack yeah, I mean, as usual, we're going to be giving you guys up-to-date whiskey news. We're going to be talking about new whiskies that are coming out, tasting them. Well, I probably will be because Nicholas, you won't get sent any. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be keeping you guys abreast on what is happening within the whiskey world. But on that note, as we sit here in our Christmas jumpers, about to celebrate the holidays, which are just around the corner, uh, we just wanted to take a moment to say thank you again for listening. Have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hogmanay. What else? What other holidays are there? Joyful
1: Kwanzaa. <laughs>
0: Kwanzaa. Yeah. yeah.
1: There you go. Yeah. All of them, mate. All of the holidays are coming in December. There you go. Growing. Fantastic. Yeah. So wishing all of you and your families the most amazing end to 2023. The best that starts to 2024. We will see you all on the other side of Hogmanay with a glass in our hand and a whiskey in our breath. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Bye.
0: See you next year.